We're live, we need, like <laughs> so what do we need? We need like non-copyright music to start off things. No, no, no. We've got StreamYard's basic music heating the ducks. Show us. There we go. Welcome to episode 113 Boink Radio Podcast. Join us live. Why is it blurring out your mouth? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's your because you fuzz your background. I think it's having trouble with your oh, okay. um, uh, facial hair growing. <laughs> Today episode is titled Getting a Life at Home. I think Delta will explain that to us a little later. You can join us as we record these on the first Friday of every month going forward. If I can so let me turn down the music. <laughs> Too much fun here. Uh and we're going to talk about all things blank. So, hi. Hey, how's it going? It's <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm getting ready so to head down to... News or it's a beverage time? Well, beverage first, baby. You can't just jump into the news like that. <laughs> Get us warmed up okay. with a little, a little hydration. <laughs> okay, Oak has done it again. I don't know why they keep pumping out new flavors. I have a feeling that there's like an employee of Oak who's just like listening to all of these podcasts and they like know where I live. So they're just restocking the Woolies that's nearest to me with like new Oak flavors. But this one's uh, especially interesting um, because in the US, you, you guys don't have the Streets brand, right? The Streets brand of ice cream. No, it's we like, do have a uh, great video game called Streets of Rage, though. Yeah, I don't know if you can see the logo, doesn't like it there, but we have Oak Paddle Pop Rainbow Flavor. <laughs> so, <Okay. laughs> for those of you that for those of you that don't know, uh, Oak Paddle Pop Rainbow, sorry, rather Streets Paddle Pop, is a brand of ice cream. In Australia, the Streets is probably like the most famous brand of ice cream in Australia, um, and uh, it, it's just pretty much a standard ice cream. It's on like a little stick, and it's got like like milk, cream, sugar, everything you want on it, pretty much. the um, The rainbow flavor itself is like this kind of like nice spiral sort of like um, sort of thing. So um, personally, I kind of like the rainbow flavor. I remember having it quite a bit as a kid. Um, just in general, eating uh, Streets ice cream as a kid and Paddle Pops was, was great. Um, but Oak decided to turn it into a drink. So this time, I think turning an ice cream into a, a milk drink, I think is a reasonable thing because it is, after all, made out of ice cream. Um, let me read to you the blurb that they always put on the side of their, on the side of their cartons. <clears throat> Hungry Thirsty likes lurking in the dark. Oak Rainbow Paddle Pop is ready to rain on its parade with pops of colorful caramel and a full-on creamy flavor that'll send Hungry Thirsty paddling. Welcome to the land of sunshine and rainbows, Hungry Thirsty. So it's a caramel drink? Sorry, caramel? Um, it's rainbow, <laughs> not caramel, but it does kind of taste like caramel. Like, it, it does have a very strong kind right. of caramel. Um, look, it was either this 
or getting the Neapolitan oak? I would be very curious about the Neapolitan. <laughs> Not that you made the wrong choice, but... I don't know if they'll still have it stocked. So if they still have it stocked in a month, I'll definitely grab it. Because um, that's another interesting interesting one. <laughs> um, very cool. Yeah. Love it. This, this one ranks pretty highly with me. I like it. How much sugar? 63. It's probably 60. Let's see. Um, yeah, two servings, 31 grams. 62. Oh. <laughs> That's right. Oakville, well, let's, yeah. let's do some some point news. We've got a release that I think you have notes for. Yeah, so uh, Boink release version 7.22. Uh, there have been two patches for it uh, so far. Um, it looks pretty kind of thin. Like, there's not too many features. Um Let's see, what do we got? Let's start with Android. Um, yep, uh, Android now displays disk usage on the projects tab, which is interesting. Um, add an option to have tasks always expanded. I think I actually worked on that. <laughs> um, for Windows, Linux, and Mac, so the desktop app. Uh, add an estimated time remaining for file transfers. Uh, estimated completion date and completion before deadline columns to the task tab. Um, add estimated completion column to advanced views. Um, add not in use computing preferences. So we get more preferences for computing. Um, some command line changes by the looks of it. Uh, there's an interesting config option for Windows called no RDP check, which is interesting. Uh, I'm not sure what that does. Um, and also an important change uh, for some other things that are using uh, Boink is don't change the CPID, so your cross-project identifier, if detached from the oldest project. A um, couple other fixes by the looks of it. Um, fix the non-Boink CPU usage limit. Ah. I, I noticed I had a bit of issues with this too. Uh, so when you set in your options, like, don't use Boink if there's this much CPU usage, sometimes it didn't work. <laughs> um, so I'm glad that they actually kind of fixed it. Um, let's see. Nah, just more kind of like low-level fixes, um, updates, GPU resources, fix account creation. Accented characters, that's interesting. Um, add a warning message in preferences for suspension. Yeah, so it looks like quality of life improvements, some fixes. The CPID change is probably the biggest one. Um, and uh, yeah, just yeah, pretty much just quality of life changes in this by the looks of it. <clears throat> Good to have them always when they happen. Of course, anyone is welcome to jump into the uh, Boink repo and contribute to the next update uh, as they will. Very cool open source software going around. Have you caught the bug yet? Ha! Man, that should be a thing. All right, we got some news from some Boink projects. Uh, SR Base, this is from June 12th, since we're doing these monthly now. So some of this news might be outdated, but uh, on June 12th, SR Base posted that they were looking for a Linux wrapper programmer. Uh, the 
Yeah, that's basically it. If they have some experience with C++ and Boink, they're looking for your help, uh, go to their forums to learn more. Uh, the From Milky Way Home, the separation project has come to an end. Of course, they thank everyone for use of their processors. Uh, that means they will be suspending GPU support for Milky Way at home once this shuts down, because it seems like it's the only GPU application. That's sad. Uh, not entirely. Um, if you read on in the news piece, uh, they say that the reason why the separation runs project is shutting down for Milky Way is because they have enough data to actually make a research paper now. So it's it's not shutting down because it's shutting down. It's completed, essentially. <laughs> yes, it is happy that it's completed. It's sad that we now need to find other uses for our GPUs. And my uh, video card on my main PC uh, broke the other day, and it was a lot of fun for about five minutes. <laughs> a lot of different colors, a lot of a lot of different lines going on. So yeah, that one I, is I remember, no longer contributing to boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when one of my GPUs did that as well. It's, it's, it's um interesting, interesting times. <laughs> so they do mention that the Enbody project is the only application that will be running on Milky Way at home from this point forward. Uh, hopefully, they'll come up with a new application after they get this paper out and be back with GPU. Um, work units sometime in the future. You want to do any of the news items here, or should I just keep rolling through? Keep rolling. Uh, you've already gone through the ones I got. All right. Blaze Pascal's 400th birthday challenge happened at Prime Grid, so we'll skip over that one. Uh, from Yahoo, Eliquat sequence, 837,198 has terminated. Do you know what that means? I feel like I remember, uh, I don't know if I have actually done this before. Uh, I don't think, it doesn't a ring a bell. And literally that's all the, the forum post says. So, we'll move <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, Wenlist has, of course, found a 12-digit factor of P2203. And it has been found how many times, you ask? 416,702 times. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Dennis at home uh, has released some results and new simulations. New simulations. That's pretty cool. Um, blah, blah, blah. They will keep us informed with new developments. Is that it? Just quickly... Uh, quickly searching up what an aliquot sequence is. Um, so put simply, uh, it's a, it's a sequence of integers, sequence of numbers, such that uh, the next number is a proper divisor of the previous term. So um, it's uh, the next term is a number which divides. The previous term sort of thing uh it's a little bit more complex than that but that's kind of what it is and <clears throat> the importance of this is that um this kept going for a very 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 long time so the length of the sequence uh looks to be about four thousand six hundred and eleven numbers 
And just for like a little bit of scale, um, the links for the allocator section start at end. Um, is there thing? I think the longest Alicot sequence um, in like the first hundred numbers, so from one to a hundred, is about fifteen by the looks of it. All right. So for for, for the scale, this Alicot sequence is four thousand six hundred eleven, which is pretty pretty high. Noted. Congrats and cool. Um. Moving on, whoa, yo, yo, um, website, that's probably on my end. No, this is just a really hard website to read. <laughs> Not going to read that. <laughs> uh, it says the headline is P73 ECM factor. Um, but their all news page is very noisy and difficult to read, so not uh, not even going to try. Uh, but from number fields at home, subfield three is officially complete. Uh the, uh, it's been going on for several years. They, of course, thank all the awesome volunteers. And the results of the search can be found on their forum. Very cool. Moving on. Uh, oh, there will be an outage at World Community Grid on July 25th. They, will, they are performing maintenance of the data center where the WCG servers reside. Uh, everything will be down, including their websites, forums, uh, and Voink server, uh, for an estimate of two days. So we shall see how that goes. How's, is anyone here crunching WCG, by the way? Is it going well? Is it, is it ever, Could you say it's a project that is functioning now? Uh, personally, with myself, um, not really. I think I have WCG is like a backup project. So like if one of my other projects don't pump out any work units, um, it just hops onto our community grid. But now I've been mainly doing Einstein. Okay. Toastone says it works fine for them. You've changed your name to T Ellipses. That's very confusing because I'm like, oh, what's what part of his name is cut off? But there's no part of your name that's cut off. Clever. Clever move, sir. Uh, so we've got two anecdotes. One is from someone who's not really using it anyway <laughs> to crunch it this is working fine so good to hear yeah i haven't, uh, haven't heard anything bad happening about their servers or anything no downtime except for this this one that they're reporting <laughs> moving on then ah yeah still stones in low cpu mode uh during the summer that makes sense uh, so we'll move on to rig search they have uh, process the square of number 22. It has, ooh, I'm going to try and say this number. This is going to be fun. See, there's three digits. There's three digits. There's three digits. It's not bad. All right. 1,185,453,085 orthogonal rings. Just like square number 21 and square 8. Uh, square 22 and square 21 are not equal, but one of them can be produced from other by rose permutation. Interesting. After several years, we are again faced with interesting effects of rose permutation, and that is interesting. I agree. They, of course, thank all Yes, so um, basically what that means is um, 
although that the squares of 22 and 21 are not equal, you can basically take like the rows and then shuffle them around and you'll get the other square pretty much. Yeah, and it seems like that's pretty rare. Yeah, because it has to obey the rules of the Latin square as well. So, See, these are the weird things you stumble across when you do these math projects. And sometimes you stumble across something that's like, oh my God, wait, I can just help this, you know, figure out a way to make computer processors better or something. I don't know. Make satellites function. <laughs> cool. So that's all the news we got on our servers. Anyone else knows any news, throw them in the Discord. Um, we'll bring it into the recording for you. Otherwise, I have found myself in desperate need of a life here at home. Um, so Delta, <laughs> I'm hoping you can help me out here. Oh, I can definitely help you out. Um, so I've been going into all the old projects uh, that uh, have been either archived, shut down, lost into the ether, uh, or lost on archive.org. And I've got another one for you. It's called A Life at Home. <laughs> Um, so... Can I guess what it's about before you describe it? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, there's two possibilities here. One, they simulate, uh, like, a sim-type person, or maybe they just run the sims on point. And it's just a person walking around their house, like, going to bed, waking up, getting breakfast, going to the bathroom, leaving to go to work, and then coming home and, like, practicing on the easel to get their art really high. Or it's, like, uh playing with DNA and RNA and trying to simulate the creation of life. Um, no, nah, I'd say you're kind of far off. <laughs> Dang it. All right. What is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So you think that, uh, MLC at home is, uh, the only kind of like neural network or like AI project you can think of, right? Is there any other yeah. projects that you can think of that do AI or machine learning? No. Well, A Life at Home was probably the first one to kind of dabble with uh, neural networks. Um, so uh, basically, A Life at Home was started all the way back in 2004. And wow. uh, I don't think it was up for very long. But it did have, um, it did have some uh, results. So... Um, they were up long enough to actually get the results, which is good. Um, it was all the way back in the days where they were advertising that their Boink app runs on Windows XP and 98. That's how far back we're going. <laughs> um, so the project is from the University of Bielefeld. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, in the Department of Biological Cybernetics. So um, to kind of summarize what they were doing, they were trying to make some sort of automata that could walk on six legs, just like an insect. Um, and the way that they were doing that was by using pretty much a form of a neural network. So this is like the very, 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 very early days of machine learning uh, before we get up to all the different things that we have nowadays. And back in 2004, there was not a lot of computational power to actually train these networks. <clears throat> uh, 
Um, so based off of what they said on their project website, or at least the archive of their project website, it was kind of hard to determine the exact technology that they were using. Um, so it kind of sounded like they were using a neural network, but also they were kind of, it kind of sounded like they were using a genetic algorithm as well. So it might've been a mix of the two, or it might've been their own kind of custom one. But uh, yeah, it, it was actually pretty hard to tell what, what exactly was running. Um, the web archive only goes so far back um, and uh, usually doesn't store like images and other things like that. Um, so although they didn't have a research paper, as far as I saw, they did have some results. Um, and these results from what I gathered were like images or like videos but obviously they weren't um, indexed by the web archive. Um, so unfortunately there's no um, kind of solid things that I can show you. And uh, they didn't upload anything to YouTube like pirates at home. <laughs> mm. um, so from what I, from what I gather, uh, it sounds like they did actually have some pretty promising results. They uh, probably managed to get like some sort of stick insect looking thing to, kind of crawl along the ground and stay upright and like walk to a goal sort of thing uh all with running on computers all the way back in 2004 which like would have been like i don't know like pentium like two uh like one core one sometimes maybe even two gigahertz cpus probably not even that <laughs> Um, we're talking 32 bit computers. So there was no more than like four gigs of Ram. Um, everyone was using hard disks at that time. I don't think SSDs were even a thing back then. Um, so it's kind of amazing that they could actually get some results of like insect looking things walking, uh, and actually control it using some sort of uh, machine learning automata. Um, yeah, so they also had some images of statistics as well. Um, again, they weren't saved. Um, so they would have found some sort of like growth in the learning. They would have found like some sort of learning curve and then like the um, tapering off of the curve um, and showed that, yeah, it was in fact learning how to get through things. Um, so one thing, <laughs> uh, yeah, so there, there isn't really that much information about this project, but um, I just wanted to bring it to light uh, since it was uh, a machine learning project. Um, a couple funny things. Yeah, they did mention that uh, the applications were for Windows XP and 98. Uh, and also, I'm interested to note that they didn't even mention uh, Internet Explorer compatibility on their site. I'm pretty sure like they only had uh, compatibility. They, they mentioned, oh, if the website's not working, use Mozilla Firefox. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm kind of glad that they didn't mention Internet Explorer. Hmm. Um, yeah, do you have any questions about it? Because it is kind of a mysterious project. No, it's a great name. It's probably the best name Boink Project I've heard to date. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder how the hell, who the hell came up with that name. Yeah. It is curious, though, because there's a whole... Uh, I found it once a while ago, but there's a big list of like, over 100 Boink Projects that have existed and no longer exist, and there's just so many of them. And I'm always wondering, like, what happened to the people that made these? 
Like it yeah, was not just... easy to make a Boink project. It's still not easy to make a Boink project. Someone went through all that effort, made a thing, and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm just going back to the um, archive.org to see if I missed anything. Um, and yeah, the uh, it was mentioned that the project was put on hold due to a shortage in manpower. Uh, registrations are disabled for the time being. Work units will be handed out only occasionally. Best thanks to all of those uh, who participated so far. Um, and that was in 2005, about a year after it was um, it, uh, it went live. Yeah, I mean you're learning setting up microgrid that it's not the easiest thing in the world to set up a point project and make an application and have it have it go not at all even with the the docker container which does pretty much like 95 percent of the things that you need it's still not easy yeah and vitalik like by vitalik <laughs> by your side 90 percent of the way anytime you could just like ping him and be like hey vitalik help me <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Still not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. So speaking of, cool thing out of the SEI, uh, we paid out over $1,000 in uh, dollars for a bug bounty for the... Big Benjamins, uh, eh? <laughs> yeah, Big Bennies fixing the Linux packaging, I believe it was. That was a big one, though. Uh, it's a great use of the bounty mm. program. Someone came in and just was like, hey, I, I can help with this. Um, it's on the SCI GitHub repo. And Alex, I think, make a snick, uh, put him in touch with Vitaly, and he got to work. Three months later, I think, big release. Linux packaging should be automated moving forward or something like that. I understand 12% of the words I'm saying. So. Yeah, yeah. So basically, what what's uh, the, what the problem was was that <clears throat> Nolan was maintaining the like installer packages for Linux. So the installer package for Windows was all fine. It was in like the um, NSI version or whatever it is like that Windows uses to install applications. But on Linux, because Linux is so vast and like so spread out, there's so many different like packaging methods and like. Uh, package managers that all do things differently. It's really hard to maintain. Um, so at some point, the packaging for Ubuntu, Ubuntu Linux, or uh, Debian Linux rather, uh, as a whole, just failed. Like it, um, you could still install Boink, but it would not configure it the right way. It would not grant the right permissions on the directories that it chucked everything in, and it just wouldn't set up everything properly. So often what people would have to do is uh, install it via the package and then manually fix all of the issues with it, like um, maybe changing the permissions on a directory, redoing a config file, um, stuff like that. So now that we have someone who's actually maintained these packages, it should be good going forward. Um, and uh, yeah, Linux users should just be able to just install and it should just work. That's uh, that's the aim of it. And that's why we needed to hand out that large amount of money because it was a really big project to, to get this all done. <laughs> cool. Thank you for that. There are, I think, seven or eight more bounties up on the Boink um, up on the SCI 
repo if anyone wants to take a look. There are some good ones out there. And we're always looking to add more. If you know of an issue on the Boink repo, that should be a bounty. Let us know. If you know of an open source project that aligns with the SCI's mission, mission which is reconnect the public with science, feel free to let us know and we'll look into it. Maybe we can make a bounty for it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see that happen, though. And it's a brand new contributor to Boink, too. It was not someone from the community. It was someone new who found the bounty uh, and just wanted to get some money, and they learned about Boink and made it happen. Pretty neat. That's all I got, though. You got any, any thoughts on your end you want to talk about? Feels? Um, I'm thinking uh, we need to do another uh, Boink census soon. I gotta start working on that. <laughs> what already? Yeah, might as well get a head start on it. Um, it should be pretty easy to get it all set up again because now that I've like set up the like the survey software and then uh, also the analytics part of it, um, all I need to do is basically kind of like copy everything over and then tweak it based off the feedback from the last census. Yeah, um, I mean, so. I'm, I'm all for getting started on work early, but that's like, we send it out in November, right? So there's all of July, essentially, August, September, October, end of November. So that's yeah, I'm just what's funny, yeah, it's, it's what's <laughs> on my mind at the moment. They're just things I can think about. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there's any changes uh, between this and last year's census. I have a question for you, maybe you know. Uh, maybe I'll have to send you a picture here. So I have a little piece of um, brass. It's not little. It's a big revolver, essentially. And on the back of it, it's got an inside-out gear. Can you picture that with the teeth around the inside? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a tool to use to open to spin these types of gears, and I don't know what it's called. And like, the gear can't just spin freely. There's a little knob that has to get pushed down before the gear will spin. And the tool is called a it's essentially a tube with little teeth on the end of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's impossible to Google. Like, do you think ChatGPT could give me that answer if I just told it? Probably, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's probably what ChatGPT is, like, built for. You're trying to, like, figure out what something is, but you don't know the proper name for it. <laughs> so you have to describe it. Um, yeah, personally, I've never worked with inside-out gears at all. <laughs> I have a I have a big box full of um, like little screw bits, like screw heads that you can stick onto like a magnetic uh, screwdriver. And my lord, I didn't even know how many different types of screw heads there are <laughs> until yes. I got this box. What's the tool that opens inside-out gears? This is now the John uses ChatGPT. Yes. A gear puller? I can't, it can't just be a gear puller. It's like a um, small O-ring, sort of. Not a giant gear. We can end the show whenever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we've gone over the 30-minute mark, so I think we're all good. Okay, it's not a snap ring pliers, but it's in the same vein as a snap ring pliers. Uh, uh, 
man, if anyone knows, please find me and tell me. I need to open this thing. I don't know even what to look for to get the tool or where to go to find this tool. Uh, I'm lost some, without uh... We got some audience members who are willing to help. <laughs> I'll post the picture in just a second on Discord. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll be back in one month's time, give or take, uh, on the Boink Network Discord server or wherever you're listening to this recording. Meet on a podcast, streaming service, or a live stream on one of the social media things. Till then, bye. And we'll also figure out whether you found that tool to fix the inside out here <laughs> next time. Turns out it's radio. just me. I'm the tool. <laughs>